Well, hello and welcome to another episode of a super professional podcast. My name is Alexander Bray, and I'm going to be your host here on this show where professionals unprofessionally discuss their professions. Hope you brought snacks. This is a crazy episode. All right. Hello and welcome. Episode number four. We're going to get this thing started. Uh, today we have with us uh, a, friend, a good friend of mine, Mark, from, from a long time ago. We've known each other for quite some time. So Mark is an Army veteran uh, who also was involved in the, uh, the military intelligence community, got out, decided to just be a regular old civilian badass, and then decided on a whim, I'm going to go undercover in the prison system for 60 days. As part of a fun TV show, infiltrate a white supremacist group and feed some information back to uh, back to the, the sheriff and uh, piss off an entire group of crazy old white men. So, uh, Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Man, thanks for having me, man. First of all, to any of my fans that are going to listen to this podcast, I can vouch. Mr. Bray, I have known him for a lot of years. So uh, when the 60 Days End show was on, he would always uh, call me or, you know, whenever we bumped into each other, he'd be like, so, uh, so this. So, man, I can, I can give you all a vouch. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button and make sure you follow Mr. Bray's podcast. And, well, I appreciate that. It, it, funny story about the, the 60 Days End thing. So I was just getting out of the military when that season was coming out. I was just, you know, starting to get back home and everything. I didn't know. I, the night it was premiering. My mom calls me like 10 minutes till and went like, you'll never guess what I just saw. <laughs> I just saw a commercial for, and I was like, what? She's like, just turn on your TV right now. And <laughs> I turned it on. And for the next, however long that season lasted, I was just screaming at the TV, just, just howling, laughing at the situations you found yourself in because it's it's different when you know someone and you know, uh, you know, like you know at the level that we know each other, where yeah. I know your heart, I know your motivations, yeah. and then I saw you um, as you know leading a white supremacist group. I tell my wife every day, <laughs> I'm like, baby, I'm like, not only did you marry the package, you married a guy that can go undercover and become the pod boss for a white supremacy organization. So you know she is super proud. And, <laughs> And I appreciate her for that. So I try to remind her every day, baby, you married up. You married up. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't even remember uh, if I told your mom uh, or dad what, what I was doing because A&E was really, really, like, on the hush-hush about it in the beginning. Don't tell anybody you're, what you're doing. Don't tell anybody you're recording this, that, and the other. And so there was only a very, very few amount of people that knew that I'd done the show. So I don't know if I had told her. Oh, they were not, they were not in that group. Or if they just happened to see an A&E preview. So, so funny, man. So, <laughs> so funny. It was it, – it, I don't, I don't know. You can ask, uh, you can ask anybody. Anytime I saw the preview or anything that A&E was posting or uh, a commercial for it or anytime it was about to come on, like that was turn on the TV. And I hate, I do not watch TV very often. Mm -hmm. And I hate the idea of like appointment TV. Yeah. Uh, it's like going to the doctors where like you yeah. have to be there at seven. Like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. And, and as you know, Anybody who's military or government employee, yep. like we are 15 minutes early to everything yep. except for anything outside of work. 
Yeah. We're 30 minutes late yeah, to those I still things. do that to this day. Yeah. I show up. Like, I literally don't have to be at work until 2.45, but I'm at work every day by about 2.05, just out of habit. So, yeah, I'm used to being anywhere 15 to 20 to 30 minutes early. In fact, you know, in the military, if you're 15 minutes early, you're almost on the border of being late. Yeah, that's... That's that's how it works. For those of you that don't know, it's uh, the commander calls a meeting at 6 a.m. So then the first sergeant tells you 5:45. So then your sergeant tells you 5:30. <laughs> but so then, then your squad leader like says like 5:15. Like <laughs> so the meeting's not until 6 a.m. But you're there at 2 a.m. Freezing, awesome. freezing your you know your tits off. Hey, I've got the powerful dd form 214 though of the i call it the blanket of freedom i don't keep any paperwork <laughs> don't tell the irs but i don't keep any paperwork except for that dd 214 that sucker's framed yeah it's, so if you don't know what a dd form 214 is my buddy alex can tell you but it's basically your discharge paperwork everybody that gets out of the military gets a dd form 214 and we consider it the blanket of freedom because and, we don't have to put up with that crap anymore and they actually make blankets out of it, which is which is really cool. I gotta uh, buy one. Yeah. <laughs> can you get, can you get it with all your real info on it, or it's probably just generic? Uh, the problem is, <laughs> the problem is, it's got your social yeah, security it's just number. Your on social it. up there, top right, <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> Someone breaks in your house, like no, no, no. I hope they didn't take the blanket. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> so for for uh, for my fans that aren't fully aware uh can you briefly explain explain the premise of 60 days in and why that's one of the coolest shows on television right now well yeah absolutely so basically what 60 days in is it takes uh anywhere any any let me try that again anyone any number six to seven okay wow i can't talk today buddy so they take six to seven people and they put them undercover and now these are people that have never been to jail except our season our season had uh abner and Abner was the first person in 60 Days in history that had actually been an inmate previously. But the most of us, you know, most of us are just people that were regular everyday citizens or what, what have you. <clears throat> and they put us undercover uh, into a jail setting. And by undercover, they throw us into a orange jumpsuit and we become inmates for 60 days. I will say real quick, Avner was my second favorite person. Yeah, but he's not as good looking as me. Uh, yeah, other th- his hair's not as nice. Yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, he's a good dude. He's solid. Like Don't dude, get yeah. me wrong, but um, God bless me with exceptionally good looks and an awesome personality. <laughs> Avner, not so much, buddy. You're Still welcome. love you, Avner. But uh, man, yeah, that's just—it's such a crazy concept that someone would step away from you know whatever they're doing or even not doing in life, and just for two months just go chill in jail for well, no, no reason. So I was on season five. By the time season five came up, uh, most of us knew who it was. But I imagine the people that were on like season one and two that had no idea what this <laughs> show was were like, "Hey, we want you to do this crazy doggone documentary." that uh, you go to jail undercover. So I can only imagine for people like Zach, I love you, Zach. Zach, you're always probably one of the best participants ever. Um, but Zach and all those people, I would say that they uh, they definitely had more of an adjustment period. And they couldn't really wrap it around their head. Uh, whereas by the time I was on season five, um, uh, by the time I was on, we had we kind of knew what the show was. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like, how do you convince someone to be in season one? Like, the pitch meeting for that is just like, hey, man, okay, so here's the deal. We're going to 
put you in jail for two months, and then like you had to have like ninety nine percent of people just walk out. At Dude, that point. I don't think they would even do that. You got to pitch it some other way. You got to say, okay, we got this ultimate Survivor show. Have <laughs> you seen the movie? I mean, the show Survivor. Dude, it is so Survivor on steroids. And you know you're going to get the adventure junkies that are like, yeah, rock on. And uh, then, by the way, <laughs> here's an orange jumpsuit. But you're already on air. <laughs> it's like Survivor, but we're going to give you three meals a day. We're going to give you fresh clothes, kind of. We're going to give you some Crocs. Did you guys get the Crocs, the orange Crocs? Yes, we did have the Did you get to Crocs. keep the orange Crocs? No, no. I turned those are coveted. Those are, those are some hard-to-get items. Maybe, but I wore them so long. I mean, I'm not a Croc fan anyway. So, I mean, apparently Crocs, um, they're not considered fashion, ascent, uh, no, what's the word I'm trying to say? Fashionable? Yeah. Yeah. It's fashionable. Not a trending fashion. Yeah. Either. So I was like, you know what? You can keep the, uh, you can keep the uh, uh, Crocs. <laughs> but actually, uh, one, uh, one of them from uh, the last season, I was actually looking on her Facebook page today and she posted that she stole the full, she was on uh, season four, <laughs> Jacqueline. She <laughs> stole the jumpsuit. It never even occurred to me that I would ever want to steal the jumpsuit. I probably could have. Well, now that you're snitching, now she's going back to jail for real. Well, <laughs> hopefully not. Um, well, she in, in 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 my defense, she snitched first because like she completely put it on Facebook. <laughs> See, there's this little thing when we do TV shows, we kind of become public figures, so everybody you're always under the microscope of of people. So if she posted it, then that's fair game. Of Reddit, <laughs> yeah. the microscope of Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, screenshots suck. Which, for all you open source intelligence people, <laughs> you know that Reddit is not only the door to the dark web, <laughs> but it by itself is just a fantastic source. If you need to know anything, it's it's there. It's on Reddit. Oh yeah, you just gotta Reddit, look for it. Reddit's amazing, man. I didn't even know there was such a thing as Reddit until last year. And what? Uh, yeah, well. I had someone hit me up on Twitter, and they were like, hey, man, I run the 60 Days In page on Twitter. We'd like to do an AMA, as they call it, Ask yeah. Me Anything. Will you join? So, okay, cool. I didn't even know what Reddit was, but y'all got to understand, man. I love Alex, but Alex is kind of a younger fella. I'm 42, and I've become Mr. Wilson. So, like, I, I, I even yell at kids when they get on my yard. I'm like, get off the lawn! <laughs> and then I give them a fist bump and a Bible study. And Bible study. <laughs> You brought it up, yeah. so we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about the the uh, your slogan, which was Bible study, and and how that came about. <laughs> okay. So, let's let's uh, God, just, all right. Let's get into the nuts and bolts here. All right. So, I had been there the first week, and they had told me in the very beginning. They said, "What was your?" Motivation. What, what, what was your strategy going in? And I told them to sit back, relax, because our season, unlike any of the other seasons in the past, was we actually had specific missions. One, mine was to observe the staff and, and or what they called uh, operations. So I kind of stayed back. Well, apparently when you sit back there and you don't really do anything and you're not involved with the day-to-day operations with inmates, for some reason apparently that doesn't make good TV, right? Yeah. Who to thunk? Yeah. So anyway, uh, I got pulled in. They said you need to come up with something. So I was like, okay, well, what can I come up with? What What do I do at home 
that would be something that would probably work here in jail. Bible study. <laughs> so, uh, so now I'm known <laughs> as the awkward fist bumping Bible study guy. But I will say this, brother. So I'm also known my, for my fist bumps. <clears throat> but this was pre-corona. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you done any research on fist bumps compared to handshakes? Oh, yeah. Much 95, better. 95% less bacteria. So call me a visionary. That's If we would have all adopted your technique, this problem wouldn't be near as bad. Yeah, I'm saying visionary, it's, bro. Visionary. That's all we're trying to say, man. Yeah. He could have stopped it. No one listens to me. Mark's got great ideas. But uh, so for those of you that, <laughs> that didn't get the past two minutes... So literally, like, there's clip after clip of Mark yelling through the the, the prison block, just Bible study, Bible study, Bible five study. minutes, Bible study, <laughs> and they uh, they kind of montaged them all together. Yeah, so tell. that's exactly. <laughs> so I've got a lot of crap on Twitter or whatever. And in fact, uh, uh, people that constantly comment on my, anything I post and they say Bible study, <laughs> but. Understand that, uh, so what happened was, if you watch this clip, you'll see I go around and I yell like uh, just like I had no direction in life. I go around yelling, <laughs> Bible study, like 35 times, and then I go sit at a table by myself. Okay, so this is where we're going to unveil the magic of TV. Don't tell anybody. Oh, no. Yeah, we're going to unveil some magic. Anyway, so what they did was... I actually launched a Bible study. It was a fairly successful Bible study. I'd have anywhere from three to 15 people at every single Bible study, okay? And however, the gods that are the TV gods decided that they wanted to kind of mess that up a little bit. They wanted to make for better TV. So apparently just doing Bible study is not great TV. Doing awkward yelling throughout the pod and sitting down by himself makes awesome TV. It in their defense, <laughs> in their defense, Mark, it did make awesome TV. <laughs> like, in in their defense, <laughs> you just had to take a sip right then. In their defense, I almost snarfed. It absolutely. You know what I'm talking about when you say you snarfle? Like snuff comes stuff, drink comes out of your nose. That would have Why is it called a snarfle? You never heard it called snarfle? No. Okay, look. If you're listening to this when we put it on social media, I want y'all to comment. Who knows of it as a snarfle? A snarfle. What did you call it? Stuff coming out of your nose. That's oh. <laughs> I, I call okay. it, I call it what it is. I don't have these fancy cool names for stuff. Okay, we got to do this like on you, social man. media. In fact, right. this is this is gonna be all over social media. Hashtag snarfle. Hashtag gate. snarfle. Sixty days in. Oh my god. But anyway, what were you saying? I'm sorry. <laughs> so. It, that's just yeah they did they did a great job that was good tv it was a good mashup it looked it, if the purpose of that was to uh kind of lighten the mood a little bit it absolutely did that. it it did so the real story is probably not as dramatic and definitely not as tv worthy so basically a lot of the guys that were in bible study if you've ever been in a gel pod as an inmate you know how loud it can get because everybody's talking and having their conversations so some of the guys that came to my bible study actually asked me they said mark they said, will you yell Bible study so we know? That way if we're upstairs in another in another cell, we can hear you and we'll come down for Bible study. I said, absolutely. So A&E took every time I yelled Bible study <laughs> for 60 days and they smashed it all together in one 15-second segment. It was freaking awesome. So 
this is where we'll transition a little bit because I that's how I know you. I know you as the legitimate Bible study guy. Yeah. I know you through church and through the community. Um, so to watch you get pulled aside by the, the the leader of the whites in the the cell block yes. and uh, and have some real interesting conversations with you just because yes. you're a likable guy and wanted to invite you in and you know you're a likable pale guy yeah. so pasty I like yeah, to call myself what pasty. in the world happened there dude what what happened that we didn't see because <laughs> I just saw an old white guy come up to you and start having some conversations. And then the network was like, and this is Mark being recruited by the whites. <laughs> so Josh, Josh was the pod boss's name. He was over the woods. If you don't know what wood stands for, woods, sorry. If you don't know what wood stands for, it stands for whites only one day soon. So this is a real cool group of people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. They're phenomenal. It seemed like, you know, you want them at your barbecue. Definitely people you want to take home and introduce to mom. Oh, boy. So, anyway, he was the pod boss. And, okay, so in Arizona prisons and on the East Coast, I know some of the uh, previous participants talked about, you know, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't that bad in their prisons, but that's because up to this point, all the seasons for 60 Days In had been on the East Coast. On the West Coast, especially in Arizona, you were expected to fall in line with your race. Um, so, if you're white, you're going to hang with the whites. You're going to eat with the whites. You're going to do everything with the whites. If you're black, you're going to do everything with the blacks. If you're, and there were two different types of, uh, they didn't really cover this our season. They just called them the Chicanos. Um, in fact, you probably heard that a couple yes. of times from one of the other participants. I think it was Vivian that was the, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the enforcer for the Chicanos. Was that Vivian or Brooke? I don't remember. That I was don't. the enforcer for the Chicanos. I don't recall either. Yeah, because it was brought up. Multiple, I just, multiple. it's weird that there was infighting between the two Hispanic groups. It, it seems like it seemed like there was yeah. more than I'm familiar with in the prison system. So, and actually, by the way, I was. It was probably if you don't know my sarcastic humor, it was Abner that was the enforcer of the Chicanos. He reminded you if you go back and you watch season five because you haven't seen season five, you will probably hear that phrase uttered two hundred times. Uh, editing oh yeah yeah the yeah. last time he was in yeah when he used yeah that's right, that's right. so there were two type of groups there were the chicanos and then there were the pices okay the pices um is what we called them actually i was on reddit from uh, a podcast i did previously that has a huge following and there, there was some smart ass came on and he was like it's actually pronounced paisa and I was like, really, dude? Because I was there for 60 days, and I never heard one single person, even the Pisces, say Paisa. But, hey, he might know what he's talking about, as opposed to, you know, the 100 people that were in our pod. But anyway, um, so you had the Pisces. So what a Pisces is, a Pisces is a, bless you. You all right, dude? Yeah, I'm good. Dude, that's going to be awesome. It's Rona. Dude, in fact, I think there's a little bit of green stuff on the mic. You might want to wipe mic. that off. We'll disinfect later. Yeah, okay, cool. Anyway, I'm using a different mic, so it's all good. Yep. So the Pisces were <laughs> were uh, basically undocumented or what we would consider illegal immigrants um, that were of Mexican heritage, whereas the Chicanos were... Americans, American citizens that were of Mexican heritage. So we had the Paises. We had, I'm sorry, see now he's got me, the guy from Reddit. Thank you, dude. We got the Paises, the Chicanos, 
you had the kin folks, which were black, you had the woods, which were white, and then you had uh, the chiefs. So in our part of Arizona, there's a lot of Indian reservation land, and that, that particular group was considered the chiefs. Yeah, because there's nothing inherently racist about calling an Indian a chief, right? Okay, but anyway, so <clears throat> I go into all of that to get back to your original question like 10 minutes ago where you asked me about uh, Josh. So Josh was over the woods, and he came up to me one day, and I was just living my life, the best life, like Joel Osteen would say, I was living my best life in jail. Great. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he came up to me, and he was like, he should hey, be dude, in jail. you're a really cool dude. You get along with everybody. Listen, next week I'm going up to prison. Uh, I'm being shipped out. I've already, you know, I pled out, and I'll be gone. And I've really been watching you. Yeah, there's nothing inherently dangerous about the senior Nazi saying he's been watching you. But anyway, he said, look, dude, you get along with everybody. I don't want a person leading my the, the, the woods that's going to fight about everything. He said, so you seem to kind of have a pretty good relationship with all the different ethnic groups. He said, so I want you to be my run, run second for my pod. And then when I go up the road, um, you know, in a, in a week or two, you're going to take over as the woods boss. And I will tell you, that blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing you and watching that conversation happen on TV was one of the best moments of my life. Just <laughs> watching someone ask you, hey. Do you want to be the senior Nazi of the group? <laughs> especially, like, just especially being, you know. I don't know, just just the background where I know you from, and then you know, like we live we live in Atlanta, so like you can't <laughs> you can't be racist here. I yeah. I I feel like anyway. So yeah. and then and then him getting asked that on network television, and then just watching him, you know, because you're like you're not small in stature. Watching a tall gentleman just kind of like puppy dog eyes in the jail. Like, cause you, you could tell on your face that that was not how you expected your day that to go. Was definitely not what I had. <laughs> when I, when I entered the pod, you know, one of my goals, you know, was not to be a leader of the, uh, white supremacist gang. So, so are you telling me you didn't get a tattoo? Uh, that will have to stay between me oh, and myself. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Don't we'll, ask me to take. We'll my compare. Shirt off. We'll compare prison tattoos, uh, yeah. prison swastika tattoos yeah. after this episode's over. I guess. Yeah. Well, you know. Bit, I guess if I had to, bad. if I had to have gotten a tattoo, it would have been a very, very generic, like German eagle, you know. But it would have been very, very generic. So if anyone asked me about it, I could have said Murica. Yeah, yeah. You, you could have put some bigger wings dude, on it later. Yeah, dude. You could uh, go back and they could type uh, or they could write Murica above the eagle. And no one would, you know, once you're pretty much branded with that swastika, you know, there's no going back at that point. You can't really turn it into anything else, like a flower. Well, have you seen, uh, what is that, Tiger King? Have you seen any of that on, on Netflix? Have I seen Tiger Yeah, absolutely. Dude, like the guys that had the uh, tattoo on their lower belly that said belonging to Joe Exotic. Like once <laughs> you're there, dude, you're there. So, yeah, no, no Nazi swastikas, though, on my body. What? I was able to convince them otherwise. What tattoo artist in his right mind like will give you that tattoo like i don't know I, man that's some that is some 
Speaking of woods, that's some backwoods stuff right there. <laughs> if you find a tattoo artist who's really who's willing to tattoo on your uh, yeah, but you're talking about gel, dude. And uh, you know, have you seen like have you seen? Did you watch like, like tattoos being done like in jail? Like did did oh. you see any of that? Well, no, but actually, Josh at one point. Uh, okay, so on the show, um, the DOs, which is what we called them. Uh, detention officer. That's that's the officer that works in the jail. Were terrible about doing cell searches or shakedowns. They'd always go to the same the same uh, cell pod, which actually was David, uh, the other participant in my pod. Uh, in there was Josh Rocker, and Rocker um, was the leader of the of the kinfolk. Um, it was pretty much a lot of the pod bosses were in there. And they would always come in. Every time they came in to do a shakedown, we knew the rest of us were clear. So I actually held a tattoo needle for Josh at one Whoa, point. Whoa, look at that. Yeah, thug life. Certified, facts. Certified badass. Yeah, my kids, I would tell them I'm lit. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, how was how was that that process? You know, you just talked about how everyone kind of self sorted themselves, and you're expected to sit and eat and you know, fellowship, for lack of a better word, with with your race. How how unnatural was that? I guess just coming from yeah. our background. Like so it, you watched the show, so you yeah. saw all the interviews where they pulled me out. You know, they pulled me outside, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is this about? This bothers me." It was. It, it really bothered me because Josh, like every time we walked somewhere, and he would like he had a pen in his pocket and he or a pencil or whatever, and he would always draw a little swastika on somewhere on the on <laughs> whether it be on the bunk or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is great, you know. It's a cool yeah, guy. Yeah, that's dude. That's your gift, man. I mean, dude, that's the best swastika I've ever seen. And I mean, yeah, it was so unnatural though. I mean, yeah. Now, I will tell you this. Um, we talked about it, obviously, before the show, but I was a human intelligence collector in the Army. Uh, when I went in the Army, I was an artilleryman first, and then I reclassed a human intelligence collector. In fact, last week, your, uh, your host, who was awesome, by the way. Dude, I want to, like, give you a fist bump, dog, if you're listening. Chris is, Chris is good people. Yeah. But, uh, but he was talking about how he worked uh, military intel. Uh, I worked military intel uh, from the undercover— uh, I don't. I, I'm hesitant to use the word undercover, but my last deployment, I had a beard, I had civilian clothes, so I'm kind of used to having to talk the talk, walk the walk of whatever character I'm playing. So yeah, it inherently went against my very nature, but in there you had to do it to survive. So you just kind of went along with it. Yeah, that's man. It's got to be weird, especially coming right out of the military environment where I think race means the least. Yeah. If that makes sense, I don't, yeah. I, there's not really a better way to describe it. But like, you know, while you're in the military, you know, race yeah. doesn't mean jack nothing. Yeah. If you and haven't I, been in the military, like, listen, you put your lives in the hand of people that are of all sorts of different ethnic groups and you don't think twice about it. So between that and, of course, when I got out of the military, I worked as a corrections officer and you same same theory. You put your life in the hands of other officers and it doesn't matter your uh, your ethnic their ethnicity but yeah it was weird man not a not a great experience listen if you get locked <laughs> up i'm gonna say right now don't go to arizona because you will be lumped into a racial category whether you like it or not i mean i personally as a 
current law enforcement person myself working for the local sheriff's office, I would also say don't go to jail. But yeah. If you got to go to jail, don't do it out west. Yeah, yeah. Negative Yelp review on the jail. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, uh, I, I, that reminds me, when we get out of here, I need to leave a, leave a Google review for the Pinal County Sheriff's Office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> zero, zero stars. Yeah. How is how is Sheriff Mark Lamb? He seems like a cool guy, <laughs> like on the news and whatnot. Dude. Is he as cool of a guy in person? He is, man. And, you know, even, even after I've left, because uh, we filmed the show over a year ago, man, we still talk. But, you know, he, he just came down with the Rona, like real, oh, real talk. He? Really? Yeah, he just got diagnosed, so he was going to some – function with donald trump and obviously before you get in to see the president oh, yeah, you, you gotta, gotta get you tested gotta do a whole, yeah so uh he, he came back positive for the rona oh man so hey mark i love you brother uh i know you're a strong guy uh he's self-quarantining right now uh but uh, praying for you brother hope you feel better but he is a i'm awesome worried i'm worried for the coronavirus that's like our generation's uh chuck norris Really I, sh- I feel is. like Mark Lamb is just the next Chuck Norris. Like, literally, when he came in touch with the coronavirus, the coronavirus had to quarantine itself for 14 days. That's no that's lie. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a that's a cool guy. But he's also, he, you know, he goes out, you know, watching him on live feed, he was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. When I found out that, that your season, not only did I find out 10 minutes before the premiere started that you were going to be on the show, and then when they said Pinal County, Arizona, you I was did. like, no way. No yeah. way. This is going to be the best however long the show lasts. So apparently a lot of the female fans of 60 Days In find him, like, very attractive. Uh, that's a good-looking guy. I mean, I, I, I mean, like, if I were to go that way, I guess. I'm not, I but could, I might be. Uh, he could he could make – I don't know. Let's, let's pray about it. I think it. it's the belt buckle. <laughs> 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 but – uh. Actually, he, as I said, he's a very laid back cowboy hat. Oh, and if you don't know Mike, Mark Lamb, he is a cowboy sheriff. He's got the big old 55-gallon hat on. He got the big old belt buckle. But he's a solid dude. He's a great dude. He's got conus bodies stacked up somewhere. Yeah, I mean. You you can tell when he talks that there's bodies behind the eyes. Like, he's, he's done some stuff. He's done real work, too. Yeah, like, I remember when I first met him, I shook his hand, and, like, he had this manly grasp, and he just crushed my hand, and I'm actually still still hurting from that handshake, and that was, like, a year and a half ago. Dude, he's he's all that is a man. He's like a real-life action figure. Yeah, that's... Kind of. That's a... Kind of. Well, yeah. He should do commercials. I don't even know... Dude, like Haynes. He could do a Haynes commercial. Jeez, that, <laughs> sure, you're not good? That, 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 you no, went no, straight no. there. I was going to say no, like I mean, for like a coffee company or no. for like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't I mean, know, for something. You went like, he should dude, do an underwear I mean, commercial. I'm mean, at Haynes grocery stores. <laughs> oh. They're out in Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you're a Georgia boy. You wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Uh, no. Oh, I, I, really I, was, I, was, I really meant Haynes underwear. <laughs> I was, I was just thinking, either that's real or every single person that's listening to this on the West Coast is like, mm, dude, he's an idiot. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what they do have out towards that direction? They have H-E-B. Have you ever been to H-E-B, the grocery store? No. It's only in Texas. Really? It's the best grocery. It's like, I, dude, I don't know. It, like if Chick-fil-A ran a grocery store, yeah. it'd be H-E-B. Dude, and he, you're talking to me about a, uh, you know, you said, have I ever been there? I'm going to give you a little geography lesson. You got Texas, okay. like, so right in the middle. Yeah. And then next to Texas, going west, is New Mexico. And then next to New Mexico is Arizona. So, yeah, I've never been to HEB is what I'm getting yeah. at. 
Do they fly you out there? I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, here's okay. the thing. You've never driven through Texas? No. Nah. Oh, you've got to do it. I, I have flown through Texas. It's because uh, I did I did basic training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, because I was an artilleryman, and I but they flew you into like Dallas, Fort Worth, and then no, I've never actually been in Texas. Okay. So if you, if you're a fan, and you're from Texas, dude, we're I'm gonna come crash your couch for like a week. You need to. Yeah. Best brisket in the world. I want to see the Alamo. Uh, uh, that's the Alamo. Well, see, yeah, it's you think it'd be bigger. You go to the Alamo and you get there and you're like, mm. but there are like little uh, like street carts. There's people in there selling like snacks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? You know, like the frozen lemonade you get at the ball games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they yeah, got yeah. that in the Alamo. Oh, yeah. And so that's, that's nothing. While I'm remembering the Alamo, so I'm like trying to remember where that stupid American lemon cart is. With frozen lemonade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Wow, that's great. It's, but it's right. It's pretty close to the river walk. Okay. That's a great, that's that whole area. That's a great place to go. Yeah. Santa yeah. Te- no, I've never been to Texas though, man. So I've only been to Arizona. The furthest west I've ever been is Las Vegas. Shh, don't tell my pastor that I've been to Las Vegas. I'm Dude, can we like rewind that and cut it? Edit. Your pastor's not going to listen to this podcast. Pastor Tim, and if he does, I don't. And if I, he does, he didn't make it 33 minutes in. He sure didn't. Pastor Tim, how dare you not like listen to my podcast, dude? <laughs> I mean, you think we have like some big, big name people that are even bigger than me at the church, you know, like no. like some Emmy award winning band, you know, Grammy, not Emmy. Hold on. That's Grammy, I think. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. Music They've won some stuff. Yeah. They're kind of, they're kind of bigger, bigger celebrities than me. But I do want to tell you a cool story. Okay. All right. So <laughs> as the TV show appeared. You know, especially while it was on. It's getting less and less now because the show's been off like, I mean, well, my season's been off over a year now, but it's getting less and less now. But, I, dude, I, I pull up into the gas station, right? And I get this big freaking muscle bound dude. And he's like, yo, you were on 60 days in. And at first I'm like, uh, no. Because he looks like, he kind of was tatted up. He looked like, you know, he'd maybe former, been a former prisoner. And uh, anyway, so I'm like, yeah, dude. He's like, dude, big fan. My girlfriend's a big fan. Dude, can we FaceTime my girlfriend? And I'm like, cool, dog. No problem. You're the nicest guy. <laughs> you're, you're the nicest guy. So I'm, I, no one knows who I am. Yeah. And if someone asked me to do that right now, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd scream and throw things. Oh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, my thing is, 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 dude. It's just about being nice to people. That's always how, how I've always been. So I had, in fact, I remember my wife sent me to Kroger one day. And she said, baby, just go pick up some milk or whatever the case may be. An hour and a half later, I get a text message. Did you get lost? No, it was because I had a line of people. Like, like what happened was like some people were like, dude, you're the 60 days in, dude. And I'm like, yes. And then like other people were passing. And apparently every 60 days in fan in our county like happened to be at Kroger that day. <laughs> so like there was a line of people. That pe- a lot of people watch that show. That's a, it's a great it's a great show. Yeah, I, but when I told someone that you were coming on, yeah, um, I was like, "Hey, yeah, I got a buddy who's actually on Sixty Days In," and uh, they go, "Wait, Mark?" I go, "Yeah, yeah." Like, I don't, I don't recognize. Send me a photo. So I sent them a photo. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I don't recognize him." And uh, after Bible a couple study. minutes, no, 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 they <laughs> thought they thought uh, I was talking about Ninety Day Fiance. Ooh. And I was like, "No, he wasn't on that. No. His his wife is very Caucasian." Yeah, no, that <laughs> wouldn't work. 
But anyway, so this guy at the gas station, right? Let's get back to him real quick because, like, like we're going in these rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah, let's do and it. And let's, let's get back to him, though. So we FaceTime his girlfriend, right? She's like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, hey, nice meeting you, yada, yada, yada. So then we do a selfie. Well, the guy, all of a sudden, he, he kind of stops what he's doing. He's like, hey, yo, my boss is coming out. Now, I have no idea who his boss is, right? And I, I turn around, and this, it's this enormously large uh, African-American man walking up, but I immediately recognized him. It was Shaquille O'Neal. No way. Yeah, so Shaquille O'Neal comes walking up. <laughs> and, it, and I'll tell you kind of the, the backstory there um, on who this guy was. And he turns around to Shaq, and he's like, yo, dude, let me introduce you. And Shaq stops him, and he says, that's Mark from 60 Days <laughs> In. I was like, what? Like, like I'm, so, I'm recognized by the biggest celebrity of them all. And he's like, yo, dude, can I do a selfie? And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's asking me for a selfie. So uh, that was actually a cool experience. But what it turned out was this guy, everywhere Shaq goes, he travels with a security detail. Yep. And this guy was just one of his security guards. Which is funny because I've I've seen him walking around town with his security detail, and they're both shorter than him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This dude was significant. I mean, he was muscular, but he was probably my size as far as height. So six foot. I the the only time I've run into Shaq in in our community, uh, he was walking into PetSmart, and I was like, Oh my God, you're the guy that uh, you own those Krispy Kremes, right? Because <laughs> he he you is he's Jones. a franchise owner. Yeah, he owns some. Papa he's a Jones. franchise owner of Krispy Kremes, Papa John's, like Epson printers, General Insurance. What that man the sells? General. That man sells yes. everything. Dude, that man is he's got something figured out. But you know what? It's good to know that he's not relying on the millions of dollars he made in basketball. No, like dude, you know that's like just a small amount of his fortune that he's amassed. That dude does whatever. You know, I even gave Shaq a fist bump and like his, his hand, no lie, dude, he had like one of his NBA championship rings oh, on man. and the ring itself was bigger than my entire hand. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's a massive guy. I, you don't understand the, the whole story of David and Goliath until you see Shaq in person. Yeah, but you, I wouldn't you can't be, comprehend if, that story. If, if it was a modern day David and Goliath, dude, I wouldn't want to be David if it was, if you had to stand up to Shaq. That guy's not human. No. That's that's a crazy like he's like seven foot five. How? So I mean I, I in fact Dude, how? I, I took a picture with him and just to show you I'll show you here and I know you guys can't see it at home, but I literally come up to like the He's top seven of, one. Oh he's seven Dude, one. Dude, Yao Ming is five inches taller than Shaq. Which yeah. is which is nuts because like I could not see the top of Shaq's dome just yeah. looking at him. I, but like, when I pull up this picture, and unfortunately, you guys, as I said, can't see it. I posted it on my social media, okay. so uh, uh, y'all can see it there. But, like, I come up to the guy's sternum. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe a little above his sternum. Like, wow. I come up to yeah, his yeah. nipples. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. But it was really cool. And you're so. much taller than I am. Yeah. So that's not so a, you yeah. come up to, like, his rib I'd cage. be staring right at his belly button. Dude. Dude. That would be awesome. That's, so, a, that's a large guy. So for those of you, as I said, I want my fans especially, make sure you follow Alex. But Alex is like, seriously, he's like a human human shit zoo. I mean, he's like an ankle biter. I don't know how to take that. Well, I mean, and I mean that. Not well. Respectful. Well, I mean that respectfully, though. No offense. So I said no offense, right? So you can't be mad. Is that how that works? Yeah. I don't think that's how it works in 2020. I think you're allowed to be offended by everything. <laughs> If it exists, 
If it exists, then it offends me in 2020. In 2020. The 2020 is the year of... I don't even and know. I figured, you know, who better to come on and talk about, you know, race and race relations and current issues than a former white supremacist leader? Yeah. You know, I figured... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, we never actually said Zeke Heil. Like, the whole time they were saying Jeez. Zeke Heil, I said Zeke Kyle. Yeah, yeah, go Have find him. Have you seen Kyle? He's about this tall. Yeah, go. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, so I got away with, I did not want to Did they have, like, meetings? Did they have meetings they and stuff? Oh you, in so fact. You, so you, you were a part of those meetings. Yeah, so there was one meeting we went in, we went in and he talked about how the white people were so much superior than any other race in there. And I, I don't know, he rambled on for about 15 minutes. And then I walked away, and uh, as I made sure to be the last one out of the room. But I don't know if you remember this scene. I looked up in the uh, camera, and I was like, what in the world? I don't think that was the word I said. Sorry, Pastor Tim. Uh, but I was just like, and then after I got <laughs> recruited to be, like, the second in charge Nazi, um, God, it still, it still feels weird. Like, I feel icky just saying that. But uh, uh, we had even more meetings where we talked about white stuff, and uh, <laughs> you know, this is you talked about white. You talked white about stuff. white stuff. White stuff. <laughs> like like what? <laughs> Jeez, Mark. Yeah, like like apparently it's real gross. Yeah, white. <laughs> but what what is there to I, talk I about? Hope, I hope like, your mom doesn't we, listen to this podcast. What do we? What do we? What do we? She's gonna walk into church next Sunday and she's like, gonna oh, shake God. her head no. Yeah. Like I'm so disappointed in you, Mark. So, yeah, but like, what what do white people talk about? Yeah, remember that about time? White stuff, dude. Remember that Pick time we trucks. invented hot hot dogs? That was great. <laughs> remember that time? You know, pizza. That's ours, right? Dude, Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener dude, that Schnitzel? is such a. Have you ever been to Germany? Oh, I, I thought you were ever. I thought you were about to ask me if I've ever been to a Wiener Schnitzel. No, no. That's like you can get good Wiener Schnitzel in Germany. Have you ever been to Germany? No, I haven't. Yeah, see, the army sent me there. And Wiener Schnitzel and brats and but I mean you it's know that's stuff. like a complete white person like creation because I love soul food to my to my uh, friends out there that know about soul food hook me up I mean I'm just saying I'll include my I'll include all my information at the end of this podcast but you know come on dude no other race in the in the world is gonna say hey would you like to eat my Wiener Schnitzel yeah yeah that's us yeah but we can't we can't dance. There's a lot and can't yeah, play basketball. Yeah, so what I I'm just having a hard time trying to figure out what were those meetings. How do you fill an hour of content? Like if someone asked me, you know, <laughs> do, do, listen, listen, I've done stand up, done a lot of military, you know, briefings. I in my job right now requires me to speak a lot. Um I have this podcast. But if someone was like, "Hey man, I need you to fill one hour. You're going to be talking to a room full of white people about white people things." Yeah. I'd be like, "What the heck is that? What does that mean?" Well, we talked about Home Depot. Let's talk about pickup trucks, <laughs> country music, and living in a single wide when our wife leaves us. I don't know. Yeah. Meth. 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 Yes, we talked about a lot that of meth. Found it. Found yes. it. Yes. That's what white people talk about. That's what runs the uncurrent Nazi party or neo-Nazis or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah. Meth. That's so that like financially, is that a big piece of it? Uh, well, uh, so the woods is an offshoot of other prison gangs, um, primarily like the Aryan Brotherhood. Okay. And in prison, they definitely do a large, you know, 
drugs is definitely a big part of their economical, uh, you know, making money situation. So, yes, yes, I would say, you know, of course we joke about a lot of stuff, but uh, at the end of the day, man, it's not exactly a group that you want to join. Yeah, I and when I was, you know, in high school, you know, you know, you, when you're in high school, you, you're like, what do I want to do when I grow up? Mm-hmm. People grow up, and you know, they become doctors, they become astronauts, lawyers. Yeah, that head Nazi of a prison pod was not on the list of things I wanted to be when I grew up. Yeah, thumbs down on Glassdoor for yeah. second in command of a Nazi group. Yeah, man, uh, but that that so you handed over all that information at the end to the sheriff. Yep. And to all those investigators, has that put kind of a target on your back? I'm guessing. No, not really. Okay. Oh, um, that's good. Well, first of all, because you're in my studio right now, and that I know I don't really want. Hold on, we're looking outside right now. Yeah, I don't yeah, see check, any. Let's Is check there windows. any cars that look suspicious? Um, no, not really. But then I would also say, and <clears throat> time and time again, the show is very, 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 very. Very, very, very edited. Okay. Very. The very. Well, yeah, because I mean they're taking sixty days into. Yeah, right. And how many episodes were there? Ten. So uh, ten. Uh, I think it was ten plus a reunion episode. And it's like forty long, forty minute long episodes. Yeah. So the reunion episode down. was incredible, by the way. <laughs> that they did that reunion episode. That was art. That was watching Picasso paint, bringing yeah. that one dude out at the end. Steve. Bringing Steve, it, he looks like a Steve. He sounds like a Steve. He acted like a Steve. Yep. Steve, he's like, dude. Steve is like, he's the worst. A Karen. It would be like he's like that's the Karen a male Karen white guys, right? Yeah. It's a male Karen. That's right. Yeah. So you know what's funny about that is, once again, it was edited, and I know this sounds crazy, but the reunion episode, it was a positive edit. Like he actually looked better. After <laughs> they, they edited edit? it, then he really was. <laughs> Why would they do that? Because like he was the bad guy of. Well, yeah, he was, so he was the bad guy it's, of our it, season in a in a in a literal building full of criminals. One of the undercover guys was the villain. <laughs> he was the worst guy in the whole jail. There were there were murderers in there. Uh, no, but remember. I'm standing in a room with 60 murderers. Now, mind you, we were in medium security. Okay. Now, having worked in the system, we don't put criminal, like murderers, for the most part, in medium security. But, yeah, yeah. He was a special kind of stupid. And he's actually, hey, have you heard this? He's actually dead right now. What? Yeah, he died. But he didn't die. So he faked his own death. Like just to show you how extra douchey he was. He's he seems like he seems like that. He's yeah. he's a cool guy. If you haven't if you haven't seen season five, where can they watch it right now? Okay, so you can I know you can go to Hulu. Um, most of you have that on demand uh, on your you know whatever your cable provider is. Um, I know they've got free episodes right now on YouTube. Um, you can you can look oh, on yeah. YouTube, but I don't think it's a full season. I think it's one of those, it's like a drug dealer. They give you a few free episodes to get you hooked. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they charge you. Um, but I, I know it's on Hulu. It might be on YouTube, but don't know. I mean, not, not YouTube, but uh, what's that other one? Netflix. Uh, I think I made my, I made my coworkers watch it on Hulu. 
Yeah, I know for a fact it's on Hulu. And then, as I said, if whatever your cable provider is, most of you have an on-demand option. Yeah. And uh, you can on-demand season five. Yeah, highly recommend it. That was, uh, that was a great TV experience right there. There's not a lot of TV that can live up to the current hype. You know, we, we have great, these blockbusters right now. We got Tiger King. We yes. have Dude. Tiger King. So I'm seeing because of the coronavirus and the uh, uh, and people like having to quarantine at home, I'm seeing an upspike of people following me on social media because they started. So they're starting to because watch because they they you know they only, there's only what eight episodes of the Tiger King, so they're like okay we were done in like six <laughs> yeah. hours, so they had to find something else. So that was kind of weird. I've picked up probably several hundred followers just because of coronavirus. So. Um, but I find it funny how you said, he said, dude, it's a great experience talking about, uh, talking about, you know, if you watch a show, it's just a great, I think it depends on what side of the bars you were on. Like, cause <laughs> I, I would say it would sucked. You, would, you didn't, you would, would you do it again? Oh yeah. So it couldn't have sucked that bad. It's like basic training. No, it sucked. It absolutely sucked. Most military would I do it again? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I don't know, I feel like okay. So well, let's jump into some of this. Uh, after the editing, you didn't see a lot of what I did for these guys. So a lot of these guys, they weren't hardened hardened criminals. They were people there because of addiction issues. Yeah, you know, maybe they were an alcoholic, maybe they were a drug dealer. Mm. Oh, that was awesome. Sorry, sorry. The wings, hot so wings. Those good mics pick yeah. up everything. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, um, but um, anyway, um, yeah. So. You didn't see. I wrote thirty guys. I wrote resumes for thirty guys. While oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't show any of that. And I was like, really? I'm like, you take all the. So gel is ninety nine percent of boredom, followed by one percent of drama and sheer terror, if you will. And they take that. You know, they've got sixty days worth of footage at twenty four. I don't even know how many hours that is, but so many hours of footage. And then they have to turn it into a watchable TV show. So I understand editing, but they took a lot of the good stuff, like uh, writing resumes for guys, because I didn't want them to come back. And uh, so I I would write their resume and say, listen, just keep this with you. I mean, obviously, we didn't have access to a state-of-the-art computer and printer, so I would handwrite it for them and, and tell them, look, just hold on to this. When you get out, you just print, you know, type it. That's awesome. And print it. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'd like to think that, a lot of those guys, especially between Bible study, like the real Bible study yeah. that went on there, not the Bible study, 10 minutes, and go sit at a table by myself. But, uh, oh, another thing I started was prayer in the pod. They didn't have prayer in the pod. So at the end at the end of every day, we would end with a prayer. And we'd all come around and join join arms, interlock arms, and we'd pray. Um, so so that e- did that affect did that affect your whole dealings with the white supremacist group your I, what i imagine was a pretty inclusive bible study and then pretty inclusive yeah prayer. so that was the weirdest thing for being the second in charge nazi they didn't have a problem with me doing bible study for everybody they didn't have a problem with me writing resumes for everybody um so i don't know even though you know we joked about being the second in charge of the woods which i was uh the guy let kind of gave me a lot of freedom to help people so, huh. I mean, I wrote resumes for whoever would come up. I mean, I had Chicanos come up to me. I had, uh, you know, a, a couple of kinfolk come up to me um, uh, and, and some woods. And I wrote resumes for everybody because 
at the end of the day, I knew I was going home. You know, I knew I was undercover. Yeah. And those guys, when I left, um, were still going to be there. They were still living that life. And, and they were really there for real charges and real reasons. And I wanted to see them change, you know, turn their life around. So I tried to do a lot of stuff to help them. Man, yeah, that's 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 really interesting. I'd, I'd wonder what the, uh, the recidivism rate is there, those guys that have uh, – uh, written resumes and had somebody that actually gave a crap. I hope. You know, for 60 days at least. I hope. And see, the problem is a lot of guys gave me their telephone numbers and I lost it. Well, I don't know that I ever would have called them, to be honest with you, because it's like, hey, you know, after they realized it was 60 days in because the Pinal County newspaper, uh, within two weeks of us leaving, actually did a whole article about how it was 60 days in Ooh, and come in. Okay. So it's like, you know, I, I want to call them and I want to say, um, hey, how are you doing? But then, oh, you're the snitch from the TV show that lied to me the entire time about who you yeah. were. So now I have had one reach out to me. He said, you remember Dylan? I do not. Dylan is the white dude that got jumped because he wanted to hang out with the black dudes. I Okay, I do. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. I do remember that. He was a good kid that remember I pulled him off to the side. And it kind of edited me talking to him. But I talked to him and said, listen, I hate this racist crap too. But in, in here, you're going to have to hang with white people. And it's not because I want you to. I want you to hang out with whoever because I'm a firm believer. You remember that old song we grew up as kids, red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in his sight. If yeah. that's good enough, if that's good enough for uh, God, I figure that's good enough for me. But, you know, I told him, I said, look, it's not like that, unfortunately, here. So for your own, you know, for your own, I really want you to hang with the white guys. Because this guy, in fact, he's in prison now in Arizona. And, uh, but he reached out to me and, um, you know, what do you call it? Uh, through the prison email system, yeah. JPay is what they call yep. it. And I had actually one of his girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, I mean his girlfriend, I don't know. I'm not saying one of his girlfriends, uh, but his girlfriend reached out to me on an Instagram. He's in jail and you're getting him in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, bro. I didn't say come on, bro. multiple girlfriends. All right? His girlfriend <laughs> reached out to me dude. on, yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm Listen, I'm happily married, so if I'm stuck with one woman, you're going to be stuck with one woman, too. <laughs> but uh, actually, no, um, He his girlfriend reached out to me on Instagram, and she uh, she said, hey, he wants to get in touch with you. So he said, he, we've been communicating, and, uh, you know, he, he holds no grudges because he watched the episode, and he saw that I really cared about him. Yeah. So he doesn't hold any grudges. So... Uh, his last email said he's almost done. I think he's got a couple of months left, and he'll be out. And I think he's moving to Texas, speaking good, of. Good state. So, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, but terrible football team. Like I said, Dallas Cowboys are never done. Uh, I just ticked off a lot of Dallas Cowboys man, fans. I'm just losing fans left and right, I'm man. sorry. Yeah, all eight of them are upset. All eight. Yeah. No, those, those no, no. Boys. Actually, I looked at his numbers before we started. He's got like 83,000 people. So, um, all of them. yeah, so he's, he's <laughs> rad, he's rad, but, uh, actually like, yeah, his last email, I'm trying to pull it up as we're, lo- as we're talking, oh, there's my JPay app. I'm not technologically inept. So, you know, uh, but it basically said he's got, let me see, four months left. He's, uh, he's getting ready to, to come home, go to Texas and he holds no ill grudges and dude, he's just a solid dude and I miss him. He's a good That's guy. Good. And I hope everything, you know, with him especially pans out and he gets his life straight. So when you 
you know, we keep talking about these different gangs and whatnot, and you, from your experience there. Now, transitioning over to your professional experience. Yes. Um, is that the same way here? Is that the same way on the East Coast? I know you mentioned a little bit of that contrast earlier. So, yeah. I don't feel like it's as race. It's not. Okay. It's not. Here is actually a lot more gangs. So, yeah. you know, uh, one pod might be, you know, you might have a lot more gangster disciples in it or bloods in another one. But er, uh, politics, politics are politics everywhere. There's going to be politics no matter where you have gel. <clears throat> so it's just but self-developing the structure. It's the, whenever you put a group of people in a pod, you think they're going to automatically on some basis or another sort themselves and structure themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. They do. They do. Um, at the bottom of every barrel, and, and this is this is true, um, at the bottom of every barrel is going to be your child molesters, your rapists, your stuff like that. But I think it, it's not necessarily a reflection of, of prison. It's a reflection of society yeah. as a whole. Um, and, and I know that sounds crazy, but we do the same thing on the outside. You hang out with people you have in common with. Um, you got more people. Uh, let, well, let's talk about Atlanta, uh, especially Georgia. Georgia has been a Republican stronghold, and this is not to turn political. I don't care who you voted for, but you know, as we've had a, a large influx of uh, minorities that have moved in, I mean, uh, our last governor almost lo- uh, the almost lost to uh, Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. was her name, and it's just. You're going to hang out with the people you have in common with. And the more people that you have in common with, the more they dominate an area. That's where I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to turn this political. And I think it's 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 not necessarily this is how evil Jell is. It's just how society is. Yeah, it's just like getting to watch a little tiny experiment yeah. in, a, in a pretty controlled well, environment. We were both military. You know, they talk about the military is, is, is a big testing ground because everything they ever do in the military – or, it, you know, it kind of seems like in society they do in the military to try it out first to see if it's socially acceptable. And then it kind of reflects out, you know, like the whole you can be now when I first joined the military, it was what don't ask, don't tell. And mm-hmm. now it, you can be openly, you know, homosexual or whatever and, and serve. And but the everything, you know. The military is kind of a society. We're, we're it's a, just it's weird like how petri dish. in the military you stick, what, 50, 50, 60 guys in a room that have never met each other from all over America, and some of them not even from America. Yeah. You know, a lot of people join to get their citizenship, Yeah, which is one of the coolest things I didn't that know. That's awesome. Yeah. Until I joined. Yeah, yeah. And But, like, what we immediately do what we observe that in itself positively. Yeah. And then race is not even a factor. And then in jail, you stick 50, 60 guys in a room. Yeah. And, and for a brief moment, that's like, that's the most important sorting mechanism. Yeah. That is, it's just so interesting. And what's it the, what's weird. the difference? It's a, it's, it's this, it's a, they're both very militaristic environments. Yeah. They're pretty close. Yeah. Um, they're both, you know, these government white walls. Yep. And, and weird, weird schedules. It is yeah. weird because, you know, you were in the military and we didn't care. We didn't care if you were gay. We didn't care if you were black. We didn't care. All we cared about was, do you have my back? When it when when it's most needed, are you going to watch my sex? And, um, you know, I, I, and I don't know. That's why I had probably such a problem with it is 
growing up in the South, yeah, there was some racial issues here, especially growing up because we're talking about I'm old. And so uh, growing up, we, we, we were in a predominantly white community back then, and we had some racial issues. But, you know, when you join the military, you, you, there's no such thing. And uh, but there you're right. It is such a weird environment because, uh, especially out there, because everything everything is dictated on race. And even here on the East Coast, it's dictated by gangs. That's what I see a lot here is is gangs control. And I think especially because I know some of the pre- previous participants will probably listen to this podcast. Um, and those are the guys that did Atlanta. Those are the guys that did Indiana. Atlanta seemed rough, man. Atlanta yeah. had me nervous. I kn- let, let me let me, let me throw something out here. Yeah, I know you. Mm-hmm. I know you, and your season got a little rough. But I was never as scared for you as I was for random people that I have never met participating in the Atlanta season. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something. Like I went through the whole process of being recruited by A&E, um, or actually the uh, casting company that does the casting for 60 Days In. And the entire time, I never committed to doing it. I was like, okay, I'm not going to commit until they tell me where I'm going. And, of course, then I finally was selected, and they, you know, you're going to Pinal County, so I did some research. I was like, okay, dude, it's, yeah, not, it's not that bad. But, like, if they had said, okay, yeah, you're going to uh, Rikers Island, you're going to L.A. County Jail, and you're going back to Fulton County – no way. Nope. nope. I'm good. I'm good. I I mean, even Fulton County and the city of Atlanta, like both jails are like a couple blocks from each other. Yeah. Uh, I, man, I don't know. I, I've heard conflicting reports about which one's worse. Yeah. So like, if you're not from Atlanta, Fulton County is Atlanta. And yeah, I mean, it's a terrible people around here. We all know you don't want to go to Fulton County jail. No. No, no. As, and as I said, if they had said Fulton County or if they'd said Rikers Island or if they'd said <laughs> yeah, L.A. A, County. It's a very short drive, but no. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to go there. I would have been like Gerson from season three. You remember Gerson? No. Dude, that was the guy, and I don't know how many seasons <laughs> he's seen, but that was the guy that didn't even like leave the hotel. They flew him in, and they were like, okay, it's time to go to jail. And he's like, nope. Yeah, that would have oh, been Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That seems like a lot of waste of money. Yeah, well, you know, so – you know, A and E is never gonna let money to go to waste, so they still took his story in, and they they made they, it they, they made it into a side story. So yes. now everybody hates Gerson. Oh man! So you mentioned the gangs are really on the on the East Coast. What's what's important? And we're seeing this kind of resurgence right now with uh, you know this. I I don't know if it's appropriate to refer to this as I guess like kind of the newer civil rights movement that's occurring right now yeah. how we're seeing this resurgence of ghostface gangsters yeah so ghostface gangsters is huge even, even are they big here at, oh yeah. man okay so well, that's not cool i would say I, like it's like 30 big. minutes south 30 minutes south is i know where like a ton of them are yeah them and then some other like other yeah, so interesting we, groups with cool white outfits yeah well we've got ab's in my facility, what's um, this? Aryan Brotherhood. Okay, yeah. And uh, and but Ghostface is, I guess you could call it the perennial. I guess it's perennial or millennial. I don't know because I don't know what years are, but that's more the younger people, like the younger white guys. Okay. So even though their roots are in a white supremacy group, 
they are more, it's weird, because they, they will do a lot more talking and getting along with minorities. It's okay. Weird. That's they are, they are still, uh, they're still a white boy, uh, you know, hate group. That's weird. Yeah, all of my, um, all of my gang involvement and research in all my cases, um, I don't, I think I've had like two ghost face gangster cases and that's yeah. it. And, and neither of those cases, it was them committing other crimes that weren't going to be like Rico related or anything cool. It seems like ghost face is more prevalent in rural Georgia as, uh, as opposed to metropolitan Atlanta. Well, that makes sense because rural Georgia is boring and you need something to do. Yeah. So <laughs> what better to do than uh, align yourself with some white supremacy group, right? Jeez. We're being sarcastic. Yeah, any, yeah, any, sarcastic. There's literally anything else is better to do than to align <laughs> yourself with white supremacy. Like, there's, there's so many more options. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Background. Me and Alex have known each other for years, so we kind of thrive off sarcasm. And I'm glad you put that disclaimer in there because maybe the audience doesn't realize we're being sarcastic. <laughs> for our listeners. We're going to actually be reached out by On a Ghostface Gangster recruiter. To do. Yeah, so like the senior recruiter for Ghostface is going to contact us. And do you think they're that organized? Do you yeah. think they have? Uh, no, nah. no, they're not that organized. I don't think, yeah. But as wouldn't that be weird, dude? Like military recruiters, you've got Ghostface recruiters walking around, like handing you cards. In the high schools. Being like, listen. Oh, Blood Gang, Blood Gang is for sure doing that. Oh, are they? Blood gangs organized. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they know how to organized. run a gang. That's yeah, they're I, I fascinating. Think, I still don't think they've had recruiters and like recruiting offices saying, "Hey, we'll pay you thirty thousand for the, college." Oh, they definitely have a very organized recruiting system. Yeah, I mean, but not. They, I don't think they have like a like a college scholarship program and yeah, yeah. They, like they don't have like a JROTC for Bloods. They don't. I, I, I haven't discovered I it know. yet. We'd have to look into that. You know, if you are a Blood and you do want to be on this podcast. I literally like, why not? Yeah. Give me, give me a call. Reach out. That'd yeah. be interesting to hear from. I probably Obviously, won't be here because I don't want to get punched I, for being associated with the woods. But understand, full disclosure, I'm not really a wood. I just happen to play a wood. <laughs> I play. I play I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a white supremacist. I just play one on TV. <laughs> if that is not, if that's not your Instagram tag. By the end of the day, if that's not your bio, Dude. by the end of the day, I'm so upset. Okay, hold on, hold on. I, we're, I'm actually doing it as <laughs> I'm I not speak. a white supremacist. I just play one on TV. <laughs> Let me see. Hold on. So, so you guys out there are gonna see it update in real time. So stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Hold on, I'm actually doing it right now, but I got to get past Shaq. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, picture, big picture of Shaquille O'Neal, and I'm about to post. You know, I just play one on TV. Oh, Edit man. profile. So awful. The interesting lives we live. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, the boy. things we do for the government. Right? We do so many favors for Uncle Sam going undercover and dealing with the world's craziest people and joining white gangs. I'm not a white supremacist. But, oh, hold on. I, so I, I said supreme assist. God, Supre spell check's beautiful. Supreme assist. I just play one on TV. <laughs> I'm about to, like, lose a 1,000 followers. Oh, no, I think that's going to uh, that's gonna bump those numbers up. Well, yeah, but I don't know that I want those numbers to yeah, be. Yeah, right now, right, right now in 2020, it's a, it's yeah. a dangerous time to post hey, that. Hey, uh, actually right here, 
Uh, so, so I'm going to show my phone to Alex, and he's going to verify. <laughs> Supremacist still. No. They added a, like an N. Oh, supremacism. Suprematism. Is that a word? Is that, apparently, because it autocorrected. <laughs> but uh, I don't. I've never even heard of that word. I need to get rid of that right now. Uh oh. Someone commented on your post. <laughs> oh no. Well, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm changing. So, so we're going to have some fun with this. But uh, if you want to follow Mark on Instagram, that's where all his stuff is happening right or now. Or Twitter. I'm actually a lot more on Twitter. What's your, what's your Twitter handle? So both of them are at the real Mark 60. So that's six zero, not S-I-X-T-Y. It's at the real Mark, M-A-R-K, six zero. I also have a YouTube channel that it's if coming you want to check it out. Is this uh, the first time it's being advertised? It is. Man, this is this is a super professional podcast exclusive. I know, right? So I just started it. In fact, I just po- posted it on social media like three hours ago, and I've got 150 subscribers. But uh, it's Awkward Fist Bump Productions. So look it up, Awkward Fist Bump Productions. We're going to do our own. Uh, we're going to actually talk a lot about law enforcement kind of in today's society. And uh, we're going to talk the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, and, uh, and it's going to be in a positive light. Wait, you course. mean you're going to be you're going to be honest? That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. Whoever would have thought that we could be honest people? That's crazy, man. <laughs> well, that's what people people want that right now. They want an honest conversation from honest people. Yeah. Well, it, it's get, getting rid of getting rid of that. Uh, and here's the thing: we've got to be honest on both sides of the spectrum. Like, here's here's. Here's something that will probably not be popular, but it's something I believe in. I believe that not all cops are good and not all black people are thugs. I know that's crazy. I know Isn't that's that, crazy. that crazy thought that 99% of us believe? <laughs> yeah, but, but right now, because I said it, your podcast and me are going to get so much hate from that um, 1%. It's just so nice to be on an extreme side of an issue. See, I can be against racism. But I can also be pro police at the same time. Like, it's weird. It's it's crazy. I know it's like the whole thought of what, what do they call it compromise and seeing all sides of one issue is completely dumb in today's society. But well, it is what it is. Well, like the counter to that that I keep hearing is like, well, like all law enforcement, like you're uh, you're complicit and you're allowing other law enforcement people to do whatever they do not the case no i've investigated i've investigated tons of officers and with with how i do things i typically don't know who i'm even investigating i'm looking at evidence man and i'll show up and testify it's a bad cop more than good cops it's yeah it's not like like you can't at your job just fire your coworker because they're a piece of crap yeah right yeah like we so, even sometimes like we have officers um that like you'd be like man that guy is kind of sketch mm-hmm. and then they'll go do something you'd be like man I told you guys he was sketch yep you, but you just can't fire you can't but you can't fire you gotta your coworker understand, like where where our position is we're not exactly management I'm not I'm not yeah. I'm not a supervisor I'm not allowed to fire nobody like I mean, if we're going to have an honest dialogue, we've got to agree that not all officers are great, but the vast majority are. I mean, and 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 just like, you know, I hate racism. I can still stand for both things. And, and you know, here's the thing. Honestly, if you're listening to this, 
No one hates a bad cop worse than good good officers. Um, we know we know that there are some out there, and and but not all officers are bad. The, in fact, the public narrative now is that we go off and I guess goon squads and find people to harass, whether it be eth- ethnic groups or whatever. I've never been in a shift briefing where they're like, "Okay, what you're gonna do today? You're gonna go out and you're gonna find someone and you're gonna harass them." I've never, well, I do never think that. that I mean, the, the deal though is, I think in certain cities, that happened. I think that's happened. I it think, might, it, I, and yeah. you might be absolutely and, right. And when, I think New York, especially, yeah, I could see that happening in New York. Yeah, they're definitely. I think uh, people were having. They were bringing up all the stuff about like some the the Red Dog or whatever unit yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. And so I started reading up on that. And I was like, oh, geez, man. But then even in the Red Dog, like I've got a good friend that used to be Red Dog APD, and he's solid. So not all of them were bad people either. Uh, but you're right. As I said, if we're going to have this conversation, let's let's be everybody's got to be honest with each everybody's other. Everybody's got to be mean, honest. I mean, I, I look at people just like, and if anything, my time on sixty days in has made me a better officer because because you saw what a what a shitty do does. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but another thing on editing that I would like to point out is it showed us complain about the bad DOs, but there were many more good DOs. In fact, in my, in my briefing, you kind of talked about it with the sheriff at the end. They only concentrated on me talking about the bad DOs. They didn't talk about me finding one of the staff members that had brought cocaine in the facility. Whoa. Whoa. Uh Oh. Um, and I think that that's probably, uh, that's hilarious. I didn't say that, but, uh, (laughs) <laughs> and, and they didn't talk about, uh, you know, they didn't talk about, like, I, I went through and I was like, hey, this officer is awesome. This officer is awesome. This officer is awesome. They just concentrated on the bad ones. But there are, you know, uh, I think as an officer, uh, you know, as an officer myself, uh, it's helped me because now I've been on both sides of the issue. Mm-hmm. Now, understand, that doesn't mean I'm smuggling stuff into people. Um, but I... But I think you can still be a great officer and, and, you know, look at it from both sides of the equation, not necessarily be a jerk all the time, because I look at these guys with a lot more compassion now. Now, do I ever think prison needs to be, because a lot of, especially a lot of the officers that have been on 60 Days in the past quit their job. They couldn't, they they just could never imagine putting Mm. putting someone uh, into a facility like like what they had, but but I, I... you know, I think you can still be compassionate, but do your job. Um, you're not going to get away with anything. You know, you're not going to use my kindness for weakness. Yeah. But I think, especially as a as a strong officer, you have to be able to look at both sides of an issue. And hey, you know, uh, I know you're in a crappy situation, but uh, I'm here to not make your day quite as crappy because yeah. you have good officers and you have bad officers. I, I saw it, you know, in Pinal County. Do you tell guys now, like, I, look, I did my time? Do you, <laughs> do you, you mean? <laughs> do you guys now, now at work when people complain about going to jail, you're like, no, I've done my, I've done my time. <laughs> no, do, do you don't no actually, <laughs> so, so here's, here's a story for you. There was a guy, and in, 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 uh, he's in one of the pods down at the jail there, and he sees me. And he, he comes up to me. He's like, yo, you were on 60 days in, weren't you? No, no, I wasn't on 60 days in. Yeah, you were. So okay, no, 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 no. So anyway, I, I I leave that pod and go some, you know, go do whatever it was I was there to do, and 
another another buddy of mine, an officer, he comes up and he's like, yo, Mark. Well, he didn't say Mark, but yeah, yeah, hey, man. He said, this guy was asking about you, dog. And I said, yeah, yeah, he asked me. He said, do you know that he's a lieutenant in the Aryan Brotherhood? I was like, oh, he's asking because uh-huh. he wants to talk to you about how you were able to to break into the white supremacy group. Now, here's the thing. He may not have meant any ill will by it at all. He may have just wanted to be genuinely concerned. I mean, fig- tried to figure out what happened and how I did it. Trying to patch some OPSEC holes. <laughs> or he could have knocked the absolute crap out of me and yeah. said, hey, I just beat the guy that was on 60 Days In that busted into the white supremacy group. I never found out, so I never went back yeah. and talked to him. Have you gotten direction from work? Like, don't talk about the show. No. Are you just? It's no, yeah. It's probably just no in your form, best interest. Yeah. There's nothing in informal <laughs> like form. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, I think m- most of the people are like, dude, that's awesome. You know, because like pretty much all the officers know. In fact, we had some uh, some people that were training just last week, and they were with me. I had to take them take them somewhere, and I was just showing them, you know, what to do. And uh, anyway. This one officer, she she's finally on shift this week. She finished her training last week, and she came up to me. She was like, "Dude, you're you were on sixty days in." And I said, "Yeah." And I, she said, "I said, how'd you know?" She said, "Well, I recognized you." And she said, uh, "Then I asked the lieutenant about you, and he was like, yep, that's him.' So it, it's a very everyone, especially the employees around there, knows oh. that I'm the sixty days in guy. So they they work that job. All day, and then go home and watch it on TV. Uh, some have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got this great dude. I love. I love him, but I think he he talked to me about it. He had two days off, and he came back uh, on his next day on, and he was like, "Dude, I watched your entire season in two days." <laughs> oh, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, that's that's great." You and should play it in one of the pods. Just to <laughs> just just to mess with them. That's the one thing because because <laughs> we actually do have A and E as one of our channel selections, and I've been sitting there. One day I'm gonna be working in the you know just working in there, and they're gonna have it on A and E, and they're just gonna have a rerun. It's gonna okay, we're gonna show season five all over again. I'm like, dude, that'd be awesome. <sighs> that's one the that's when I have to turn off the TVs that day. No, no TV, and then I, they gotta be like, that guy's a jerk. I gotta come up with some stuff and just turn off the TV altogether. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! We'll yeah. Try, we'll try. Uh, just try to be safe with what you're doing, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for hanging thanks out. Thanks for having me. And as I said to all my fans that come over, make sure you smash that subscribe button. Um, yeah, you know, especially for this podcast. You know, me uh, me and Alex have been friends for quite a few years now, so it would mean the world to me. Once again, Twitter. Instagram at the real mark 60 and YouTube go to awkward fist bump productions and make sure you fist bump that subscribe button. Hey, Hey, that was corny. Wasn't that? It? No, that's, that's, Hey, that's right up your flavor though, man. The dad joke. So when we get off this podcast, can we have Bible study? Let's, let's go, <laughs> let's go, let's go get it, man. Wow. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming by. Make sure to like, Subscribe, leave us a rating if you liked it. If you didn't like it, don't leave us a rating. Don't do that. Go rate someone else's podcast negatively and just for the fun of it. And uh, we'll see you guys around for the next one. Thanks again.